There we go. Live from the mitigated apocalypse. <laughs> you have stepped into state of the game. Both foot forward, both feet, multiple feet forward. <laughs> I am keyboard colossus. Dan O. Timing the trajectory of every shot. Because I'm getting your rebound, buddy. I'm getting <laughs> For my basketball people. Um, so, and, and with me today, I mean, the Daddy <laughs> Fat Stacks of, of our New England area uh, is, is K Diggy. <laughs> uh, if, if you were a character in Judas and the Black Messiah, oh, no. <laughs> you would be Little Rel. <laughs> I like that. I, of all the characters, I'm glad that you went in that. <laughs> That direction. That's the, that's how he's <laughs> that's how he's going. But the uh, no, we, we were talking about soundtracks, Judas and the Black Messiah. What makes a great soundtrack? Um, this is going to mm-hmm. be a fun thing because we. I, I'm I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm too. So so first of all, right off the top, I need to give a shout out. I feel like at this point. Madam Money is like uh, Burgess Meredith in the Rocky movies. Dude. She's like, like I watched that. She gets me hyped, gets me ready to go. She is, she's always reviewing everything before I do. Like she is just ever present. She's rocking, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just makes great points and breaks stuff down and always gives me stuff to think about and gets me spinning off. So. That shout out to her for doing great work. Salt in the game, hashtag salt in the game, YouTube channel. Find that. So, uh, should we, how, what order should we go in? So, we have two different things to talk about the nature of a soundtrack and how it goes right, mm-hmm. what it needs to go right. Mm-hmm. We have Judas and Black Messiah situation specifically. Which which way do you want to go first? Let's start. Let's start with defining the soundtrack. Like really, the criteria of a good soundtrack. Hip hop has had many a great soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it was phenomenal. When I put out a poll question, I got seventeen votes, um, and like I was only able to put like four options in there, but there were so many more, and everybody was hitting me with more. And I'd look at these soundtracks and be like, oh man, everything's this is awesome. Like yeah. hip hop has had so many good soundtracks. I'm gonna include when I post this, like a YouTube playlist that I put together of great soundtrack songs. Soundtrack cuts. Yeah. Well, or just like because I realized you don't actually have to have a great soundtrack. You kind of just need to have that song. I, I mean, you're, you're right, because particularly if we look at the soundtracks in the 90s, like a lot of the classic songs that we love from the 90s, well, hip hop wise, were on these soundtracks. It, you know, um, I was saying, remember the Nutty Professor soundtrack? Yes. 
and you probably remember it for like two songs, right? Um, there was a Janet Jackson song off. I think it was off the second one that was like my abs- one of my absolute favorite Janet Jackson songs. Uh, it, but it, I think it, Hey Poppy, Hey Poppy was on the first the Jay Z song. Well, no, ain't no, ain't no like the one I got. Oh, that was off Rush Hour. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Was that a professor? I think. I don't know. Anyway, you know? Aaliyah. Aaliyah was the one too, right? Aaliyah had a song on there. Gosh, there's an Aaliyah Timbaland song on there. Yeah, that was yes, that was the Nutty Professor soundtrack. Yes. So like, you just have to have that song, Deep Cover. Remember, Deep Cover. Uh, great movie, Lawrence Fishburne. Uh, you know, and it has Deep Cover, the first mixing of Dre and Snoop, right? Like, mm-hmm. and and it's kind of emblazoned forever. Like, you just have to have a song that makes that that links in to this, right? Iconic. Yeah, um, and kind of makes people when they hear it, they think of the movie, right? When they watch yeah. the movie, they're waiting for the song. the The relationship kind of forms between the song and the movie. Uh, but there was there was the four that I threw out there. Okay. Up again, Black Panther soundtrack. Yeah. Um, Judgment Night, which got the most votes. Mm. Um. Above the Rim and Friday. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's w- w- when you were combing through these soundtracks, did you formulate any hypothesis on what they shared, what a successful one sounds like? I mean, a successful out for me, a successful soundtrack is you should be able to listen to the soundtrack and kind of get the gist and the vibe of the movie Mm -hmm. uh like i and i think for example night judgment i've never before we listened to the soundtrack for this week i've never even heard of the movie night judgment judgment night yeah yeah. judgment night judgment night um so i listened to the soundtrack without even knowing anything about the movie and i kind of got a vibe for what the movie was about what an incredibly weird movie by the way so interesting i don't know do you want me to give you a basic on it like it'll make it even no no because i looked it up i like after i was listening to the soundtrack i listened i wikied the uh like the movie and i was like oh okay that makes sense that's the kind of energy listen to the soundtrack that's the kind of energy that i was getting from uh that i figured the movie was probably about no yeah it's it's that it's like a chaotic energy, right? Of yes. Like, things have come undone. You know, it's, it, you know, a bunch of guys getting together to hang out who are all of a sudden in the wrong neighborhood. Oh, no. Yep. And, you know, now they're kind of, now it's a warrior situation where they're like, ah, they're getting out of there. Um, and this is the, the soundtrack is entirely a mixture of rap acts and like, either alternative rock or metal, right? Like, yeah. and it's, it's totally insane to hear, you know, Cypress Hill at their peak with Pearl Jam at their peak. Yeah. 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 And I mean, music wise, that wasn't like my necessary cup of tea, but I appreciated it. Um, I, I could understand it. I could understand the energy. Like I thought it was really, 
I mean, out of the box, mm -hmm. like some of the collaborations that they had. So I really dug totally. that energy. So that, you know, that was one aspect. I think also a lot of these albums, um, they are almost like a bookmark, a musical bookmark for that year. Mm -hmm. So when I listen to like when I listen to Above the Rim, the Above the Rim soundtrack, that's giving me kind of like a snapshot of where music's at at that year. That's a great point. Yeah, it, it represents where things are. By the way, I, I was wrestling with it. I love all these songs, right? Uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot and Mud Honey for some reason. So random. Uh, but man, Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul, dude. Yeah. Folks, Fallen. That song, I remember that that song is kind of the song for me of that movie. When I hear when I hear that, I think of uh, the movie. When I see the movie, I think of that. Think of that. De La Soul were so good. Whenever you threw, whenever you threw a monkey wrench into their sound and tried to challenge their sound, they loved that shit. Way better. Uh, that's just the story of those guys. They loved adversity. Made them thrive. Um, but yes, it, a lot of them represent where things are, like the deep cover situation, right? Think mm -hmm. of it, right? A big studio has doing a movie. It's you know, it's a it's an undercover cop movie. He wants it to play maybe to urban markets uh, because <laughs> you know you got Fishburne in there as the lead, right? So you got to take advantage. So he's like, call that guy from NWA, Doctor <laughs> Clay, see if he wants to do something, and. Dr. Dre just happens to be kicking in his house, like yeah. bottom down, worst worst time in his career, right? Just like post NWA, uh, no blueprint for what he's doing, but kicking it at his house is a genius. Yeah. Is Snoop just sitting there, hungry, ready to do whatever? And he's like, all right, let's do this, you know, get this quick yeah. check and boom. Yeah. And, and that ties, that kind of ties into like the third aspect that I noticed is for a soundtrack, whoever your executive producer is, whoever's the head of, you know, the head of the vision or the direction of the album has to have great taste, has to have great musical taste, has to be really know how to put all of these different uh, voices and different sounds together into a cohesive body of work. Right. Right. And, and, and I can give you an example, my, my key example of when this all works out is, this is actually my favorite of the, the old soundtracks. Mm -hmm. Friday. Mm -hmm. Friday is my favorite uh, because Ice Cube wrote it. Ice Cube, like, made it, started it. You know what I mean? It's his baby. Yep. Yep. Um, and he, I mean, he locked in the director of it as the guy who was directing his videos. Like, he is his deal. And F. Yeah. Gary Gray, F. Gary Gray became a big, it did the, ultimately did the MWA movie, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost kind of like Apple, you know, Apple. 
it's different. What well, I mean, the Friday soundtrack is different because they kept it all. The control was all in house. You know what I mean? Like, 100%. Uh, Ice Cube did the movie, so the fact that he did the movie and had control over the soundtrack means that that's going to be that whole. There's going to be a tighter relationship between the two, and a more intimate relationship than two from. Uh, between the two, then, like, if you look at another movie where there's a different director who, who goes out and seeks out a uh, someone to executive produce their soundtrack. So look up the look up the soundtrack track listing for Friday, and let me mm-hmm. give you my theory here. Okay. Yeah, I got what it. Up. Makes it great, and and we'll we'll talk about the aspect it brings. I think what makes this soundtrack great is that. Everything on it is music from that neighborhood. Yeah. So you, you, you know, when, uh, you know, there's a Rose Royce song, a classic song, an old song. Uh, Roger Troutman, I heard, heard it through the grapevine, I think is on there. Uh, those represent the kind of, middle age to older people in the neighborhood, right? right? Like that's the music they would play in the neighborhood. Absolutely. Right? Now you've got you cut to Ice Cube's girlfriend who we're supposed to dislike so that he can get with Neil Long. <laughs> uh, what is she playing in her room? What is playing in her room? Hood rat, hood rat, hoochie mama, two live crew, right? Like that is a younger, newer, dancier sound, right? Right. Uh, and then you know, you have the 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 Dre keep their heads ringing, but yep. you have like the my favorite song on that soundtrack. Friday nights is by a dude named Threat. Ooh, let let N words know. Yep, <laughs> that song is wild. I've always loved it, um, and I don't know who that dude is. I don't. <laughs> I don't know where he came from. I love that song. And I kind of love that he's on here, right? Like, yeah. you know, it was just so well done. There's the, when they, when they're out, when they're outside, Chris Tucker and uh, Ice Cube, and he's handing him the weed and then roll it up, light it up, smoke it up by Cypress Hill plays. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all there. It's all and, there. It's all. It feels like it lives in the neighborhood. Yeah, and I would say two points to that. Like, I'm sure that Ice Cube wrote some of these scenes with those songs, particular with particular songs in mind. So that's one thing. And then two, like I think, like I like that point that you you mentioned about, you know, this like this like these are songs that you would hear like if you went to that region of California. You would hear these songs playing on the radio or, uh, you know, in porches or in houses or out of cars. Like, right. So it's almost like a, a snap for people who are not from that region. It's almost like a snapshot into what, uh, you know, a typical day music wise sounds like in that region. And it's and, it, and it's it's one of the things that I love so much about Friday. Friday really does give you the neighborhood. Right. It's like, yeah. You know, when Cube gets in trouble, when Chris Tucker's in trouble with Big Worm, like the elder people in the neighborhood are talking to him about it. 
everybody's an active part of this, even though they're they're, they're they could be a joke or not a joke, but right. they're real and they live there and they have a spot in that world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and s- musically, they all get a spot on the soundtrack. I, I think yep. that is it's just I think it's great and. I'm fully aware it's not the most jam packed with classics of any soundtrack, right? You're like, you know, uh, maybe Juice has a collection of better songs or Above the Rim, but in terms of what makes sense, it's the best arranged. Absolutely. And to me, that is the single most important aspect of a hip hop soundtrack is, is arrangement. Do you mean like, what do you mean by arrangement? As in song order or? Song order uh, and songs. Like, Mm. what you know, arranging the songs. So arranging them on the soundtrack, arranging them within the scope of the movie. Right. uh, The the arrangement of these is, is vital. It's vital. So let's go. I mean, I'll go. I'll read you the, so there's 15 songs on it. Uh, first song was Ice Cube. Second, yep. Dr. Dre. Third was Scarface. Ooh, I love four, that one. Four was Your Boy Threat. Yep. Uh, five goes to Cypress Hill. Love it. Mac 10. And oh. then seven is the Isley Brothers. Yep. Eight is yep. Booty Collins. Nine is Rick, Rick James. Mary J. 10 is Rolls Royce. Yep. Uh, yep. Beautiful song. Uh, Eleven is Funk Dubious. Yes. Mugs Group. DJ Mugs yes, Group. Yes. Super Hose. Uh, uh, Twelve is the Alcoholics. Yep. EA Ski. Yeah. Two Live Crew. And yep. then I heard it through the grapevine. Roger Troutman. Roger Troutman. Yep. So that's a real mix. And Absolutely. It. It really helps the movie. Yeah. The movie and, and the soundtrack. You remember, makes the, it... you remember the music, right? From mm. the movie. Um, it, and it's it's a it's a partnership. Yes. Yeah. So and I feel like this is like one of those like a good soundtrack goes hand in hand with the movie. Like I think it works so well because. You know, this soundtrack, to appreciate it, to fully appreciate it, you would need to see the movie. And I think I think that's a key aspect. And then seeing the movie, sorry, and then the opposite. So seeing the movie will help you appreciate the soundtrack even more. So well, yeah, you'll you'll play the soundtrack and you'll see in your mind the moments. Yes. Right? It doesn't have to give you the dialogue. You you can press play and you're there. You're like, Oh, I remember that. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the arrangement, right? That's what's in question when we talk about Judas and and the black Messiah. Right. Well, yeah. One of the things for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a big deal. So that's to me, arrangement is what you need. We, We should talk about above the rim a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I found fascinating. Going back to, I it it works much better than it should. 
right? You, I mean, you've got Albie Shore next to the dog pound, and it's so weird. Uh, but what what works about it to me, and I, I'd love to hear your opinion, is mm-hmm. the G funk sound. Yeah, is so smooth that it fits next to R&B, SWV, it's fine. It's all it all works. I mean, you know, this this album, the the album came off of the the label Death Row and it's saying that it was executive produced by Suge Knight. Um so and this is it came out album came out 94, so this is like where where Death Row's at their peak. Yep. And uh well, I mean, you can say a lot of things about Suge Knight, absolutely, but just on an objective level, he he was able to get the right people in the room to make no make the work. No question. Uh, and I think with this album, since he was, you know, since he was, uh, how do I say this? Since he, you know, since he was such a, you know, larger life figure, mm-hmm. such a, you know, like a power at this time, ninety four, he's probably like the peak of his power. Yep, he's able to get the right people in the room uh, to get get this work done, and he knows like that the atmosphere of above the rim is going to be aggressive, mm-hmm. right? It's going to be about this kind of basketball tournament that's gone to a real hectic level, uh, <laughs> and it's going to be aggressive, but it's also going to be sexual right there's going to be sexual moments there's going to be times you're going to need this this music right absolutely yeah Yeah. so those two balance against each other real nicely you've got i mean regulate afro puffs um you i mean it's it's oh man that is it big pimpin the dog dog pound song it is uh, dog dog pound for life. I this this is like a dog pound for life is a great example of how good the dog pound were together at this time. Oh, okay. Was, so you're right. They did have two. So the first track four was Big Pimpin', the Dog Pound, Nate Dog, Nancy yeah. Fletcher. Both. And then they they had the album closer with Dog Pound for Life, so they had yep. two on there. So it, it, it's it's worth listening to this just to really soak in how good those guys were together. Yeah, uh, when they all came together, the that that one two punch of Daz and Corrupt with the finish of Snoop <laughs> uh, is just is just. You, it's hard to deal with. It's hard to match. It's hard to, you know, those guys were incredible. Absolutely. So I loved it. And, and, and yeah, there's just lots of little weird gems on it. Does Al be sure do like an Al Green cover? I'm, I'm still in love with you. Yeah, man. That's, that's wild. <laughs> um, it works. Yeah. It works. Um, but yeah, how did you feel about the mix on that soundtrack? I mean, I I I love anything by the SWV, like that All Star remix. I have that on my iPod. Like, that's one of my favorite songs of the the nineties. Um, 
I mean, I I loved Part Time Lover. I love. I, I mean, I love the whole first half. Deep of Town. It. Yep. One Time Sex, Big Pimpin', D- Didn't Mean to Turn You On, Doggy Style, Re- obviously Regulate. Uh, that's. Right. I mean, that's a classic. That's not even a classic hip hop, and that's a classic song. Period. And b- above the rim feels like one of like one of those Kentucky teams just loaded. Kentucky yeah. basketball teams. You're just like, what? You got all these guys? Um, yeah. I mean, the talent. I mean, just looking at the talent here, production wise, uh, Devontae Swing, uh, Dat Nward Daz, DJ yep. Quick, Warren G, Daz Dillinger, I'll Be Sure. Uh, you know, like these are important names in in rap history, not even just at the time, in rap history. And oh, Juice, Juice, the soundtrack. Another when you like the song from there for hip hop fans, and it's loaded. Know the ledge, dude. Know, know the, the ledge. ledge. Know the ledge, man. Know the ledge. I mean, what? I'll, I'll tell you. One of the things I will always be grateful for is that I got to watch Rakim perform "Know the Ledge," um, and that is that is good enough for me. Uh, "Know the Ledge" is is beautiful. Uh, yeah. The track two on there, right? I mean, right after yep. the anthem, which Juice, is yep. Naughty by Eric Nathan, and Rakim. Rakim. Uh, yeah. No, it's amazing. Wow. Uh, Big Daddy Kane, Too Short, EPMD, Salt and Pepper, Cypress Hill. I mean, so by the way, interesting thing on my poll: Friday Above the Rim, Judgment Night, Black Panther. Three out of four Cypress Hill is on those. Hey, I mean that. You know their work ethic. They're just down to. They're down to do anything. Down, they're down for anything. Really, that the thing about so, Cypress Hill is they were kind of. I always talk about this with Santana. That mm-hmm. Santana is mood music. You put right. on Santana and you mood mood changes instantly. You just adapt to it, and that's right. that's the power Cypress Hill had. They were able to really. It was their world. And everybody kind of wanted a Cypress Hill song on their soundtrack. Yeah. To be like, this is the mood we need here. Yep. Why they were widely respected as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, when you're down to do anything and you're widely respected, you're gonna get opportunities. So yeah, no question. Makes sense. It's there were a lot of loaded soundtracks. The other one I was into was um, Into Deep is interesting. Do you remember Into hmm. Deep? Into Deep. Let me okay. Let me pull that one up. It is. It, it's like an L Cool J, uh, Omar Epps. Uh, it's it's really good. Yeah, that track, came out. Nas, second track, Method Man, Red Man, How to Rob, Fifty Cent, Trick Daddy. Wow. Yeah. Locks, Capone Noriega, 50 Cent, product. So I'm guessing this was a New York movie. Like this was a New York-based movie. Jill Scott. 
Science Storm remix. Yeah, it's it's it too deep is good too. Very good, very good stuff. Um, but yeah, raw talent. There's a lot of raw talent in these movies, but but it's it's interesting that you mentioned in too deep. Just you can look at it in one shot. That's that's an East Coast thing, right? Yeah. You can look at above the river and go, oh shit, that throw was in charge of this, right? Yeah. Um, it, they have a personality. It's about yeah, and I, yeah. And I think like what you what we see is that these who's ever the head of the like I, I I'll tie it to the Black Panther or no we'll just stick uh, we'll stick with the above the rim the above the rim soundtrack you could tell that Suge Knight wanted like yes he wanted to you know create a piece of work to accompany the movie but it was also he also it was a personal pride thing as well he wanted to use the soundtrack as a statement like look Death Row we we're about this game like we are we are the top dogs. No, no pun intended. We're the top dogs here. Right. And to do that, we're going to use this soundtrack to show you how much better than we are than all the other rap labels. So it's almost they take a pride in There's like a pride in it as well, because they're like, damn, like this is our shot to get to really like put out something really dope and really separate ourselves even more. There's yeah, there's real stakes, right? Yes. Like stakes. one of the exactly. issues like. Some sometimes a lazy soundtrack feels like, uh, you know, Kyrie and KD laughing on the sidelines as everyone <laughs> plays the game for the Nets. But anyway, so it's you, you want there to be stakes involved, you want there to be people paying attention and working yep. on this thing. Black Panther soundtrack is an example of this because absolutely Kendrick was right at that point where he was like, I'm the guy, right? Yep. And he's like, this is where we stake our claim as the place. And yep. so TD managed that and really made it made it sing. And and they knew that the Black Panther, I mean, they knew that that was a, an important moment in in history, in entertainment history. Uh, the fact that they were able to get you know, the fact that Disney, which is probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest entertainment company on earth, right. gave a Marvel franchise, one of, you know, one of the most lucrative franchises on earth to a black director and allowed him to just do like, look, we trust your vision, do your own thing. They knew that if they mess this up, they may never get an opportunity like that again. Yeah. Um, and the fact yeah. that Disney was Disney allowed their their property to be used to, uh, as in when I say property, the Black Panther, the fact right. that they were right. able, right, the fact that they were able that they allowed the Black Panther name to be associated with this soundtrack from you know uh, a West Coast rapper is huge. That I mean that's an important moment in history where. If you mess that up, like that may never come again. Yeah, I mean, and, and so and to build on that, who's the director of Black Panther? Ryan Ryan Coogler. Where is he from? Yeah, he's from the Bay, Bay Area. Right? Yes. Yep. So, and what one of the things Coogler adds is this Killmonger, Oakland-based 
origin story, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, the seeds are set, right? This is like, we're starting to get an identity for what this movie is going to be, you know, sonically, right? So for the sound. Absolutely. And I think that leads us into the discussion of Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm -hmm. So, first, talk about the movie, give some bullet points on the movie. Um, it, it is story of Fred Hampton, but really the story of Lakeith Stanfield's character. His name is O'Neill. What is his first name again? Is it I think it's William. William O'Neill. Bill Bill O'Neill. Bill O'Neill. He uh, who like, you know, sold them out to the to the feds. But um, it's a really interesting movie in the sense that it's the first time I've ever seen the FBI depicted how they probably were. Mm. Usually movies, I was talking to my mom about this, usually movies, even movies that are critical of the FBI have a little bit of dashing in them, right? Where they're like, you know, dashing, but, but there's a dark side. This was like, no, these guys were, there were like levels of racist goonery up and down. And they were all wrong. Um, and I was, I was, so that was exciting to see. And it was, it was, the movie did a good job of kind of explaining how the police are played by the feds against the Black Panthers and just kind of used in that way. Mm -hmm. um, and not it, just the Black Panthers, the whole Rambo coalition, like, because it was, right, right. it was, it was, the, the movement or the vision was growing, expanding. Yep. Yep. And and the cops were very much manipulated as a tool of the FBI in that sense. Um, and so it's it's a great it, it really does show things how you've never seen them before because no. a lot of movies just don't allow you to see them like that. Um, and I, I would I would dare say the the director isn't Chaka like King. a lot of right. The yep. director Shaka King isn't like a lot of the directors who've directed movies like that, so it's a different perspective. Uh, yep. Than we're yeah. we're accustomed to. Hundred percent. The it's also a great movie for actors. Phenomenal. Um, th there's some movies that are big movies and important movies, but they're not great for actors. Mm. Uh, I, I can give you an example, like. Everybody loved Devs, right? The TV show Devs. <laughs> but one okay. of the selling points of Devs was that everybody's performance was kind of dead-eyed so you didn't know what was going to happen next. Right. And that's great for the show, but as the actors, it's hard to walk away being like, what a performance. Yeah. Another dead-eyed performance by, you know, <laughs> okay. Uh, and so there are movies where the performances don't aren't allowed to breathe, you know. Right. Honestly, right. a lot of superhero movies, man. I'm not. I mean, I'm not bagging on them. I, I like these some superhero movies. Yeah. Some of them allow for great performances. A lot of them don't. Yeah, I mean, the actors. Uh, superhero movies are not acting clinics. They're not. They're not what you should go to if you want to you know, rebel or bask in the glory of great acting or the craft but, of acting. 
but it, there are movies that are like best picture nominees that aren't really great movies for actors. No. You know, right. yeah. Um, this is a great movie for actors uh, in the sense that they really get to lock in with each other and build and Jesse Plemons and yep. uh, building his relationship with Lakeith Stanfield, who I think he might be my favorite actor in the world oh, right now. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I I love him and he he's been picking roles that are really weird. Yep. And like the knives out role for him was just a very strange role for usually he wouldn't play. Um, knives out, he was in knives out. Yeah, check it. Yeah, he was the investigator, like straight laced. Oh, investigator in knives out. Yes, okay, yes, yes. All right, I'm I thinking of the other movie because yes, Sandfield is so naturally weird, you're right, right. You're right. That uh, he, you never know what he's going to do. Right. And so him being put in the straight-laced role was like, I like that you're challenging yourself by doing by zigging, right? Um, and this was another zig. This was another real strong zig. Oh, man. Um, I mean, he yeah. was, he was probably like, he was the crux of the movie for me. Like, if, 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 the, guy, if the actor who plays Bill O'Neill doesn't land... Yeah, that that movie is not going to work. That's fair. Yeah, and I mean he he landed that movie the way that he was able to portray, and I like what I'll piggyback on what you're saying. Like acting is really about facial expressions and about timing and about space, and you know an actor like Lakeith, he he has an understanding of you know what to do at the right time when to do it and how to do it and what degree to do it. Yep. He, he fully commits. He can fully yep. commit to anything. Yep. And uh, the last bullet point I would have is a lot of these revolutionary movies, right? They're going to make the main figure into maybe a Martin Luther King, Malcolm X type, right? A fire breather, uh, a dominant personality. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like, you know, they want to kind of duplicate that Denzel and Malcolm X energy. Yeah, what is it? They kind of, I don't want to say sanctify them, but they kind of portray them like, as in like they're more than human in a way. Like they're, they're like a figure. And Daniel Kaluuya, shout out to him as, as Fred Hampton, mm-hmm. just made him into this kind of approachable yeah, introverted dude who killed it and built the Rainbow Coalition by just being like a very genuine dude. You know what I mean? Right. Like a great speaker uh, who who was very genuine and making good points and just kind of you know the people who looked at him were like that guy's not bullshit, right? Like, yeah, I mean, there's a surreal sense of calmness when I when you see Daniel in any role. Yep. There's a sense of calmness that you get that like exu- emanates from the screen. Love it. Yeah, and great. I mean, you saw like the scene where he goes into, oh, I forgot the name of the group, but he goes to see a group to try to pitch them like a collaboration. Right. And the group is kind of hesitant about it. Is it the crowd? Like, mm. oh, I forgot. Oh, I, forgot. Yeah. I got to see the movie again. But. Yeah, yeah. 
he goes in there and like they were they were adverse to him they were like really threatened by him but just daniel like the way he portrayed like his sense of calmness really eased the situation and i mean and it was completely natural right the ease of the delivery yeah the, the straightforward points it was a real the presence i mean it, it was a real clinic it was a real good movie for actors um mm-hmm. uh what was the oh i was trying to think of the what was the one that beat la la land um uh moonlight moonlight it, moonlight's the last movie i can remember that was as good for actors Yeah, because I mean, to carry that script, you needed great actors. Right. It, it was all about the actors and their performances. No tricks, no no weirdness. So, yep. so that there's the soundtrack is arranged by Hit Boy. And <laughs> there's only one movie, there's only one song on that soundtrack that's played at all. In the, within the space of the movie. Which which one was that? It's hers fight for you on the credits. Oh, okay. The credits roll. That's it. Hmm. Hmm. I didn't even notice that. Like by the end of the movie, I was just so uh I mean it. I was like kind of in shock because you have to like take take a little second and gather yourself and right. process it all. So I didn't even I didn't even realize that. Yep. Yep. So that is kind of a hint to me that there's a problem. Absolutely. Yes. Right. If Shaka was like, I don't want any of that shit near my movie. That. That's a problem. <laughs> Yeah, that was the issue for me. Like with with the other now, what I would say is that uh, Judas and the Black Messiah yep. soundtrack is a is a lot different than the other four soundtracks that we talked about. Yes, uh, I think like the message and the gravitas of this soundtrack, I'm sorry, of this movie, is a lot more important than. Uh, you know, above the rim or Black Panther or what? Sure, sure. Yep. Um, like, because I mean, we're talking about the Black Panther movement. Fred Hampton, a man who was assassinated yep. by his own government. Yep. Uh, in the movie, um, and then, so we need the sound. For me, the soundtrack needed to. It needs to match that level of gravitas. Yeah, that's that's a good point. And. It, it 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 didn't it didn't match that level of gravitas for me, and so that that was it was very disappointing to me. So let's look at the let's look at the soundtrack song by song. And okay. Because to me, the soundtrack is so long; it has chunks. It has these very strange chunks, right? And then to me, there's there's multiple questions that come up. Right, um, and, and I wanted to diagnose these separately. Right. Okay. Um, 
The first song is the COINTELPRO Breakdown by Fred Hampton Jr. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a fantastic bit to have gotten, right? That that should have been the bud that this grows from, right? Right. Right. Um you go right into Fight for You. Is that the the her song? Yep. Her song, yeah. I thought her did well with that. Um her is getting a lot of calls lately because I, I, a lot of people aren't threatened by her. Mm. That's not, I can't. I can't hold that against her. I, I, she's great. I, I love her music. She is great. Yes, I she just did, feel she's like the a... executives are calling her first. I I agree. I mean, you can look at it with. First of all, let me let me preface this by saying her is very talented. Love her. Love me. I love her music. Yes. But for Agreed. me, the love that the Grammys have shown her over the past couple of years are a red flag to me. It's disproportionate to what she's actually done. Yes. And and so it's a red flag for me because that's telling me there's something deeper going on here. I like uh, that. But I, I don't want to take away from her talent, but no. She, but that was she, a that was something that stuck in me. It's like, oh, we're starting with her. Yep. You know, we're we're starting with like, hey, this is this is this is good. You're yep. good. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean I'm hers done. I'm, she's done the these types of songs. If you look at her catalog, she's got several of these types of songs on uh, on her resume. For the past couple of years, and I think so, I think she was even nominated for the Grammy this year for a, a song that's in the similar vein. And I think this is a good song, and she does stick to what the theme is and what we're yep. going to talk about. I have no problem with it here, uh, and I certainly I wasn't out at this point. This wasn't any kind of indicator or anything like that. Uh, mm-hmm. well, what is the next song? EPMD Nas. So, uh, how do you feel about EPMD by Nas? Clubhouse, the guns out. You ready? You you doing it? This like, this is not the type of song that I would expect to hear on a a soundtrack inspired by. The Black Panther Party from Nas. Does that does that kind of make sense? Like, yeah, I can I can see that it 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 maybe feels a little like not like Nas becoming Rick Ross. In what way? Nas used to be like the kind of writer who was like super absorbed in his topic, right? Right. Listen to the song Rewind, right? Right. This is a guy who was, you know, I, I gave you power. Like, this is a guy who was like super dialed in to what he's talking about. And there's a sense that when he's around Hip Boy, he's swagging out. Yeah. Uh, swagging out. And he can just do these songs. These songs are like easy. I mean, he, the, to be honest, he probably did this for uh, the, the album, the Hip Boy album that he. The, the album that he did with Hip Boy last year. I don't think and so. This I was probably they, just a bonus cut. 
because they talked about like Clubhouse with the guns out, Clubhouse wasn't an app at that time. The B- so references. they may have updated the lyrics, but the beat, I'm guessing, is in there that I think yeah. are. I think it. I think it was new-ish. Yeah. But and I think, by the way, I think it. I would like it on his last album. Right, because I I feel like on his last album I would appreciate it, but this is a movie about the Black Panther Party. Right. And I I needed a little bit. And Nas is considered to be one of the hip hop greats. I needed a little bit more gravitas. I needed something a little bit more special from him on this in this situation. And he did not. And that that's the thing. Like any other any other soundtrack, this would have been fine. But this is a monumental occasion, and he should have rose to that occasion. Uh, And he did not. He did not rise to the occasion for me with this song. And you cannot stress enough. This is a big focus for, um, for Madam Money. There are other Chicago artists who would have loved this spot. Yeah. And you took that spot, and this isn't the best you, right? Um, and so going from her to Nazi PMD, I was starting to to get wiggly on this, to be like, what? You know? Yep. What, are, what, what is next? Welcome to America by Black Thought. So, to me, <laughs> I'm not going to be mad at this song. This, right. like, Black Thought, honing in on, on the problems in American society, I'm yep. here for it. That makes sense to me. Uh, you know, it, I think he put his foot in this one. I'm, I'm pro. I, I agree, I, but I think it's a victim of arrangement. Like you said, we, we, like a good sound, like a good album or work of art would build us to this song, and we were not built to, we were not led or built to welcome to America. So, like when you go from her, her to Nas to Black Thought, and then the song after, it's like a complete. Like, you know, the context and the arrangement matters. And it kind of takes away from the song. The I'm sorry, the arrangement of the soundtrack kind of takes away from the power of the song to me. So for me, I would start the album with Welcome to America. Right. That's what I would have would have done. Right. So I, I, after, I mean, I think the chairman, for, I think the uh, oh, council yeah, yeah. pro. I, I'm keeping going until pro. Right, no, no, after no. that song. Right. right from there to Welcome to America. Yes, Thanks. I agree. Agreed yeah. with you. Yeah, 100%. So what's, what's next? What it feels like, Nipsey Hussle and Jay-Z. How do you feel about it, man? This, I feel like this was the song they put on it to kind of get the buzz for the album. 100%. This, this is what sold people it, it was purely uh like it was very apparent to me like okay you know this is the song we're gonna push this is what we're gonna use to get people interested i don't think the song uh, the song wasn't the song wasn't the song was okay it was any other context i would have appreciated the song but 
to hear this song, like to hear Jay-Z's verse, because what I did is like I I listened to Jay-Z's verse a couple of times and then I went back to American Gangster. And this was not on like his verse was not on the level no. of pretty much anything on American Gangster. No, it's not on the 444 level. It's like a yeah. it's not good. Like he um and it's okay to say it, right? Like yep. we don't all hit home runs every time. It's okay. Uh it's not but, good. Uh, but this was a moment and I and I'm I'm gonna hold Jay-Z to the same standard that I hold Nas as arguably the greatest rapper of all time. This was a moment where you really needed to step up and nail it out of the park. Here's a question for you, and this is something that comes up and the internet has been talking about it. Okay. Is the, the, and this is one of the things that really kind of haunts this soundtrack as a question. Um, all of these people discussing, and this is the first song where it comes up, because this is just all about getting rich, all about getting so rich and like attaining that shit. Hmm. And Fred Hampton was a socialist, man. Fred Hampton wanted healthcare, hospitals, you know what I mean? Um, he wanted he wanted people to be taken care of. And it feels weird having like two of the the most like the most serious capitalists in rap's history jump in and make a capitalist theme song in the middle of this. And, and to me, what that's, hmm. for me, that symbolizes the effort that was put into it. Uh, what I'll say is it symbolizes the effort. It symbolizes like, for me, the artists didn't really get, they didn't really sit with the movie as much as they should have. And I, I mean, they may not have even seen it. So I think that really, like that disconnect between the artist and the movie is very apparent to me. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, so, and it's, you don't have to say capitalism versus socialism. You don't have to go that far. All you have to say is, Find a character in the movie who at any point in the movie feels like that song. Bill O'Neill. <laughs> Bill O'Neill doesn't even feel like that song. He doesn't. He spends most of the time in the bar sad, bro. Like he's having a hard time. But I he mean, he was. He doesn't die on a yacht sipping. Oh, uh, but all. he does. He did. He did have a couple of nice cars, though. And he was getting paid handsomely by. He was. He was. He, but, he he was the most capitalistic figure in the in the movie. No question. No question. Um, yeah. but, but you're yeah. right. You're right. Any of the other characters? No, they would not be. Most of the people that we're looking at, that we're we're caring about, we're like, oh, she's pregnant. She's got a baby. I was like, we like we are rooting for. This doesn't connect to them at all. And honestly, great, great, it doesn't great. really connect to O'Neill in the sense that he's not living lavishly. Right. That's during a fair movie, point. Right. During the movie, he is he is hurt and he is scared. He's running around. He's he's this is not what's happening. He doesn't, you know. And and to me, like 
I don't think Nipsey Hussle should have been on on the sound. Like to me, it was almost I felt bad because I felt like they were capitalizing off of his legacy. I mean, how can you write for the and I and I I keep going back to the gravitas and how important this movie is. How can you have a verse on this soundtrack if you have not even seen the movie? Right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great, like, local, smart people you could have put in the spot, right? Uh, like, uh, right. add two Def C, uh, just, just countless name after name after name. I mean, to me, it's ironic because the person who I would want, who I really wanted on here, is no name. And, that's, and no name that is smart enough sense. not to be. No name, and we know no name is smart enough not to be on this soundtrack. She, the, there was somebody who replied back to Madam Money when she said no name needed to be on it, and said no name turned it down because the movie didn't speak enough to his socialist policies. Yeah. And I said, I thought in my head, I'm like, that could be real, but it could just be something we all made up to say because it sounds like what happened. <laughs> like, we're just like, that's. That's some no name shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what she did. I got. I know. I was there. You know. Um, I. I don't know what happened, but you're right. Yeah. She needed to be on this. She, uh, I, yeah. she needed, and then I. I was hoping to. And I, I'm. I'm gonna. I hate myself for saying this, but I. I wanted to hear chance on this as well. Not. Yeah. Not the chance that we heard on. Uh, his last album, but the chance that was bubbling before that. Yeah, no, no, no leftover songs about how great marriage is, right? It's like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, it's there's so the you know Nipsey being on here is a problem in the sense that when I talked to, when I talked to Blood Money Press about regions matter. Mm-hmm. And this is a Chicago movie and it needed to be Chicago. Yep. Yep. And it, it, sometimes it was, but not most of the time. No. You know? No, I mean, it, um, and it really needed to be, I, like for me, the, the exact, this should have been executive produced by No ID. Ooh, uh, that's such a good call. That that was the big mistake. Um, but once again, the for me the the how do I say this? The corporation knew that Hit Boy would be a sexier name than No ID. Yep. Uh, they knew that who Hit Boy has in his Rolodex. Right. Right. Uh, and so they're like, okay, let's let's get Hit Boy to do it. But No ID should have done this album. Or the I, soundtrack, I should say. I like I like this uh, counter engineering we're doing here. What is the next song? Next one is "Broad Day" by Hip Boy. Madam right. Money was was surprised here. Like, oh, I've never heard him rap before. It was interesting. I've heard him rap. No, yeah, I've heard, I've him, heard rap. him rap. I know. I've I've been following Hip Boy long enough. I know the strengths and weaknesses. A lot of people know Hip Boy from his hits. I know him from all the stuff, the audio push, 
solo projects that he tried to put out uh, that didn't chart. Uh, he wants to be a rapper, but he's not. No. His song is not good. It and tend to be good. There's like jokes and bits and stuff. No. He he doesn't work in front of the mic. He just doesn't. No. No, and and this song kind of I mean the momentum already was kind of slowing down before the song, but this this kind of killed that momentum that you want uh your soundtrack to kind of build. Um and you know Hip Boy should not be on a on a project of this magnitude, he should not be he should not have a song where he's like the main rapper. Maybe have a song where he's like a hype man or maybe even has a guest verse. I could, I could stand a hit boy guest verse. Sure. I mean, you, you EP the project, you can get a guest verse on it, but a full song of you rapping. No, no, sorry. No, No. it was, was and and things really start. This was the real, like, Oh no, we, we, this is off the rails thing. Uh, What is the next song? Something Ain't Right by Masego featuring Jid and Rhapsody. J.I.D. I love yeah, yeah. I love that song. I think yes. this would be number three. If I was retrack listing this, I go from COINTELPRO to Welcome to America to, to this song. Yes. This is one of the strongest songs on the album. I, I agree with you 100%, on that. 100%. Um, and, you know, Say it right here, right now. I can't just blame Hip Boy for the mistakes here. It's not right. But There's no reason why this song, uh, something to say, couldn't have been in the movie. It, it absolutely fits the tenor and the tempo of the movie um, and could have been the movie. But I mean, in here that could have been in the movie as well. Um, And when, if you asked me a criticism of the movie, I would say there was times when it was static and there just wasn't wasn't anything moving it along, and it needed music. But see, I think as a director or the person scoring the movie. You'd have to have a lot of trust in the EP, like the guy, like you'd have to have a lot of trust in the taste of the, the person the executive producing the soundtrack to be able to do that. Right. Uh, and it's and clear. For- it's clear. It's like what, you know, my buddy who was a waiter told me, like, if you don't tip, don't tip and, and walk away, but don't tip like, you know, 50 cents. Right? <laughs> Don't leave two quarters on the table. That's like, you suck and I hate you. Right? Like, yep. and just doing the one song during the credits, yep. that, that tells you what you need to know, buddy. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, what I think is that, like, and I, and I keep comparing, like, I keep going back because I keep comparing, like, comparing this soundtrack to the American Gangster soundtrack. Right, right. And I think, which was produced by No ID, but and was not an official soundtrack, right? That right. Was, that was Jay, like inspired by the movie. Right, inspired. But yeah. I, I think for me, like, 
that album had the gravitas. And I think like there was a there was a stronger connection, even though it was it wasn't the official soundtrack, it was just inspired by the right. movie. There was that connection, like Jay, the key difference is Jay saw the movie and was so moved by it. He went out like, damn, I need to go make these, I need to make these songs. Like I need to get these thoughts and these feelings out of me that were prompted or inspired by this movie. And you can, you can hear that connection. Um, and he used a lot of colors from the movie. I mean, musical colors, like, you know, party life, uh, yeah, rock boys, yeah. rock boys uh, American yeah. Dreamin', which sampled uh, Marvin Gaye. Like those are sounds from that era. So the connection is even stronger between the movie and the soundtrack. This yep. this soundtrack, the uh, the Judas and the Black Messiah, this soundtrack does not have as strong as connection. Does not have that strong connection for me. Yeah, no, I'm with you, man. It, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's strange because you're. It, sometimes I feel like it hits. And I'm like, that should be the sound, right? But like, something to say should be a, a key component of that sound. Um, something ain't right, right. Something ain't right. Um, but it's it's not for some reason. You know what I mean? Um, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, but it, we'll, we'll we'll talk. Let's keep going and diagnose more yep. problems here. Uh, plead the 45th, Mino and Saba. To me, this is another one that should have been like, I love this song. I thought this song made me like, I love Saba when he's with Smino. Like, yes, Smino's like heavy, melodic, crazy, bouncing flow really forces Saba to change how he do th how he does things. Yeah, and it brings the best out of him. I love it. I think they should do a full album together. Absolutely, 100%. I, I, did think, I did wish I had a little bit more. I was a little bit disappointed because I thought we'd have a little bit more of Saba. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I feel like his, vo his verse was very short from yeah. what I was expecting. Uh, but... I, so my only critique is that I wish it was a little bit longer and I wish he had a little bit more time to really well, say yeah, what he it, wanted to say. It could have done multiple songs and it would have been important, right? If you would... Very important. Uh, those guys, I mean, that this is one of the better songs on this. Yep. Uh, and it totally fits with what is going on, right? Yep. You know, these guys are from this area and they speak to it. But they don't like preach to it, you know. Right. Smart guys. Uh, I mean, these are products of that, of you know, the Black Panther Rainbow Coalition movement. These are products of that. Um, these are these these artists are products of that movement. They've been influenced by that in some way, or right. touched by it, I should say. So yeah, the there are people on this who are as who are inspired to deliver their best. Uh, much like Jay on American Gangster, they're just not rewarded for it. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So what is the next? What is next? Because we're we're getting to the chunk, I believe. Um, letter to you by BJ, the Chicago kid. Are you ready for my hot take? This is the yeah, hottest take, smoking hot on Judas and the Black Messiah. All right. And I posted this as a tweet. Nobody cares. <laughs> BJ, the Chicago kid, should have done the whole soundtrack. Give it to BJ the Chicago Kid to do. Give the whole thing to BJ the Chicago Kid, Curtis Mayfield style. Let him do the whole soundtrack. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right. BJ the Chicago Kid is fantastic. Absolutely. And you go ahead, listen to 1123, his album from like whatever, 2019. Amazing. Uh, just You can press play on whatever BJ the Chicago Kid you find. It's awesome. This is easily my favorite song on the soundtrack. Yep. Easily. I love it. I love what he, I love his voice. I love what he brings to it. Um, it's a different tone than all this nonsense. Yeah. The other songs. Yeah, I, I agree. But I mean, given it to be a Chicago kid, that wouldn't, I think it, I think what it touches upon is that this album was not it was not intended to necessarily make a political or social statement it was intended to be a commercial success and that's clear because shaka kept it as far away from the movie as he could yeah and uh so that's that's pretty clear what was going on um but it's so, but here's the thing, that plot doesn't hang together either, right? If you're like, as hey, commercial, the record label brought in, you know, Hit Boy, and he did his Hit Boy thing all over it. Mm-hmm. Well, then, why did they hit it exactly right sometimes, right? With Black Thought, with Smino, with Smino and Saba, with, you know, like with BJ the Chicago Kid. They really, sometimes they hit it dead on. This is exactly what this needed. And then they just abandoned it. What is the song after? Uh, the song after is On Your Mind, Little Dirk. Little Dirk. And that is kind of the last song that makes any sense in a, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Little Dirk is monstrously important Chicago dude. Uh, and the trap sound is a weird sound for this movie, but it's Dirk, man. Dirk is great. Um, so I was cool with it. But after Dirk, that's when we start getting weird. So a praise by White Dave. White Dave is from LA. He tries to be like thoughtful and work on there, but that song is, is that it doesn't move me. It shouldn't. I don't. I wouldn't have put it on there. All black G Herbo. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're in the trap chunk now. Yeah. Trap and that chunk. and that ties back to arrangement and to song sequencing. Absolutely. Trap chunk. What's the next in the trap chunk? I declare war. Nardo yeah. Wick. Yeah. Trap chunk. He tried. Nope. He tried to make it seem like we're at war. This is a war with the 
system, but it was a trap song. It's just generic trap. Yep. Um sorry, let me get it back up. Um next song is No Profanity, Poo Shiesty. Poo Shiesty is from like Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, yep. and makes zero sense for this album. But he I mean he's hot right now though. He's hot. Yeah. And and I don't want to be seen as someone who is anti-poo, right? Uh, poo is yeah, great, I, you know. But this ain't where he belongs. This isn't this is right. the right party for him, right? Like this doesn't make sense. And this trap chunk is incoherent, right? To go from go from you know little Dirk to White Dave to Poo Shiesty. What are we doing? What yeah. what is this? Right. I mean, yeah, and I, I think I, I agree with you 100%. And I think it's, you know, like, how would you compare? Let me ask you, what would you say are the differences between this soundtrack and the Black Panther soundtrack? Uh, TD really knew how to make the song fit, even if it shouldn't fit, right? Mm. Like, all Black everything. Oh, the G Herbo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I like the song. It's it's a good song. There's a lot of punch-ins, I guess, audio-wise, but but he, it's too lazy to say like, you know how the Black Panthers wore black, all black, everything. Right. It's lazy, man. It's lazy. Right. Like you. There's to, there's not. You work harder. There that and that's what I found. There wasn't a level of self-reflection and intellectual vigor that I would expect for a soundtrack for the move for this movie. The trap chunk really derails it just in the sense that the bounce that it brings, the, the bounce, the cadence, the confidence, none of these characters have it. None right. of these characters. Like everybody is tense. This is a thriller. Everybody's worried. Um, yep. They're stay. Yeah. Even the racist power structure is sweating it. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, no one is balling. No one is living their best. Like, and, and, uh, trap chunk. Let's I mean, on. it's very, and it, it worries me because I look at like the state of, you know, mainstream hip hop and it's very shallow. There's not a lot of intellectual. What I'll say is there's not a lot of intellectual vigor that you would need to be able to really deliver and rise to the moment. There's not a lot of self-examination. There, I don't think there's a lot of artists, mainstream artists, like popular artists, who can give you that level of introspection and level of awareness that would be needed to have a successful song on on this on this and of, of all soundtracks like i'm sorry who would be able to place a song on this soundtrack and there are a lot of really good intelligent voices in in popular rap music but they are clearly not as sought after right like that is that is just what this is you know like who are who are you thinking Let's let's keep going with the trap junk, and I'll, we'll get there. <laughs> All right. Um. So, last man standing, Polo G. 
That is who I wanted to, to tell you about. This song is very intelligent. Last Man Standing, very intelligent, very well wrapped, very on subject. Polo G is like a Chicago dude. And he is hot. He is new. He was in the XXL freshman class. Right. He is popular. Um, but he's not given any kind of special spot here, right? Mm. Whoever curates the soundtrack doesn't see him as any more important than po- than Pushaisty, right? Mm. And he should be. He should be right. significantly more important, right? Um, because what he's saying is important. What he means is important. Um, there should be a conscious understanding that, like. Yes, you need Dirk here. Yes, you need Polo G here. Uh, BJ, the Chicago kid. Like, this this is the range you want to hit. That's the target, right? Mm. But you're you're shooting over here. You're shooting over here. It's odd. Right. right. It's odd. Who's, who's after Polo G? Respect my mind, Dom Kennedy. This is another prime example, right? And I, I love Dom Kennedy. Absolutely. Fly. I, I like this song. He says some wild shit in here. He's always good for that. But he's like the most West Coast dude you could imagine. Absolutely. When he starts, you're in California. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yep. that's Dom Kennedy, man. And why is he here? Right. We're in and, Chicago. We're wearing big coats. Right. And I would say, like, like we were talking about with the Friday soundtrack, what's what moment in the movie could you connect this song with? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. Nothing. And then is is uh, is Aesop Rocky after this? No, the we got three more. We got four more songs before we get to Aesop Rocky. Mm. Or three more. Okay. Uh, Revolutionary by G Herbo featuring Bump J. I would. It, Madam Money said, "You got to kick out one of the herbos." I kick, <laughs> I would kick out all black everything, even though I love it. And right. I would keep this one, even though I like it less, because it actually has something to do with it. Right. Right. And herbos really important, like to, to Chicago. So yeah. Right. Um, Teach me by Sir. I I I, I like Sir. Moderately so, um, but I'm not sure what what this accomplishes for the movie mm. or for the the world of this movie. Are you? How do you feel about Team Teach Me? Honestly, like I I I, I kind of checked out by the end of it. Um, it's, so it, the the end of it was was a, all a blur to me. Um, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm because I was just. And the funny thing is, like, I listened to the soundtrack before I I saw the movie. I saw I listened to the soundtrack on Friday, saw the movie on Saturday. Yeah. And I knew, like, before even seeing the movie, I knew that this soundtrack was not not in any way tied to the movie whatsoever. I knew that this soundtrack did not rise to the level of the movie, and this was before even seeing it. Yep. Um, Makes sense. So I, I think by near the end, like I was like, okay, so I need to listen to this to be able to talk about it. But 
I like I'm done. I, like none of these songs are really sticking with me. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm after over that it. trap chunk. It's it's easy to be checked out, and I I totally understand. I would say, her, sir, and I would to get specific on my problems with that. Sir makes like the most muted R and B you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Just incredibly muted, incredibly soft, and to be like, here's our move: West Coast Dom Kennedy, Bump James G Herbo. Then we get into Sir. Yeah, it just makes no sense at all. Uh, and I think we go right to Aesop Rocky after that. No, next one is Contagious, Safe, featuring Kiana Lit. Honestly, another song I just forgot. Like it sounds like a generic pop song for some reason. Like it's just like sounds like a generic pop kind of radio hit mm-hmm. in the middle of this thing, like right after Sir. It, oh man, the soundtrack is odd. Um, it would this soundtrack feels like it was put together by a room full of people arguing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then now we end well. "Quote unquote," officially the last song on the official album, because for the Rakim song "Black Messiah" is a bonus, is "Rich N Word Problems" by ASAP Rocky. I, I this <laughs> song was really important uh, for me it, because I've decided that, and this is another basketball reference. Sorry, guys, we're just doing lots of them today. <laughs> uh, that Aesop Rocky is the DeMar DeRozan of of rap. Ooh. DeMar DeRozan is is a fine player, scores a, a perfectly fine amount of points. All basketball fans, we all sit back and go, he's such a great player. And then we all we all say, but I don't want him on my team. Oh, it's cold. Um, because he is he's good. He's too good to be the second guy, but he's not good enough to be the first guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Winning team. And so you don't know what to do. You don't, right. he, he didn't like, Igadala slid down. He was, he, he, he slid down and was like, look, I'm going to play my position. I, he used to be the number one guy. See, for so me, like, there's. Rosen operates with the ball, needs the ball. And that is that is Aesop Rocky. He needs he needs you know to have full control of the song to bring his aesthetic. And once yeah. he's brought it in full force, yeah, it's fine. I mean, for me, one of the worst things in basketball is a good player, just a good good solid player that you have to pay max money to. Uh Yep. And a, I mean, ASAP, ASAP is like that. Like, I'm not going to lie, like partly one of the reasons, you know, like you, you sludge through the, the second half of the album is because you're thinking, okay, like, I mean, we haven't heard an ASAP Rocky song in a, in a long time. So right. I'm, I'm yeah. interested to see what he has. So I'm, I'm interested. Let me listen to these tracks so I can get to ASAP. And then once you get to ASAP, you just remember all of the kind of blase ASAP yep. songs that you've heard over the past couple of years. Yep. You're like, oh. Where you just mailed it in. Yep. yep. This and, is it. Oh. And this is and this is a prime example. There's like bars in here about 
how he's like rich and in a neighborhood where the, the people are probably racist, right? And it's like, oh man, this, this is tough. And I'm like, with, within the context of this album, this movie, it's not tough at all, dude. Like the police aren't bombing your place. Uh, it, it just, it was, it's hard to get in the context of this song in terms of this movie. Absol- absolutely. It's just, and I, I for sure can say that he, he never saw, he didn't see the movie either. I, I, I'm pretty positive in making that statement. And for me, it sounded like Hip Boy probably just reached out to him like, hey man, I'm doing the, uh, you know, Judas and Black Messiah movie. I need you to, uh, I need you to do a song that has a message. You know what I mean? I need you to, you know, dig a little bit deeper than you were, you know, talk about some real shit. I bet that was the key word. Talk about some real shit and uh, I'll put it on the album. I mean, and honestly, the Black Messiah song by Rakim is to me one of the best songs on it. Uh, and that's a bonus. With, I, for some yeah. reason, that's a bonus. I don't he know. With the subject, he, yep. he knocks it out the park. Uh, he's, he really digs into the Fred Hampton story, shouts out the family in a very earnest way. Yep. Um, like one of the only guys who sat and was like, I'm going to do this, you know? Um, I mean, it's a diff, it's a different, like he understood how important this moment was. And he was one of the few artists on here who I really, well, I mean, first of all, he probably, he was probably living through that time. So he probably had a different connection to the Black Panther Rainbow Coalition movement than a lot of these other rappers, except for maybe Jay-Z and Nas did. And you can, you can hear that difference in, in the rap. Yeah, no, it, it's, um, it, it's, it, it's insane to think that the same person who booked Aesop Rocky to, to do rich African-American problems <laughs> then said, you know what's next? Rakim doing Black Messiah. That's perfect. And it it's it doesn't make a lick of sense. Um, nope. it, it yeah, I mean it, it's it's wild, but I mean the bones of a real soundtrack are here. You know, they're just not explored. Um, a lot of fat, right? The bone. There's a couple solid bones, but there's a lot of fat on it. How many songs belong on here? Right, Polo G, Black Messiah, uh, Masigo. Uh, BJ the Chicago Kid, Black Thought, yeah. right? Yep. How many? What else? Anything else? Um. So let's see. I mean, we'll go through it. Counter Pro one. Yep. Fight. I guess you got to put her on it. Fight. Sure. I understand that it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. I I wouldn't put the Nas song on it. Agreed. Uh, Black Thought. Yep. I really wouldn't put it what it feels like on it, no, honestly. No, I'm with you. Wouldn't put, put wouldn't put Broad Day on it. Something ain't right. I'd yep. put on it. Plea the forty fifth. Yep, yep. Letter to you. Yep. So that's six. On your mind. I'm not putting a praise. Not putting all black. 
not putting I declare war, not for putting no profanity. Last man standing. Yep. I love Dom like you. I love Dom Kennedy. No, I'm not putting respect my mind. I mean, if you if you want to have a G Herbo song on there, I put Revolutionary. Yep, yep. And then Black Messiah, dude. That's yep. ten. That's ten songs. Yep. This has ten good songs and still doesn't work. Like ten songs that should be on it still doesn't work. That's that's wild. That's yeah. like working hard not to make this work. <laughs> it's really wild. Um, so yeah, so ten. So there's twenty two songs on it. Only ten of them we would keep. So less than less than fifty percent. So about forty eight percent of the soundtrack we would keep. Brutal, brutal. I mean, it, it yeah. should have been a collaboration between Shaka King, who co-wrote it and directed it. Yep. Uh, it should have been collaboration between him and Hip Boy, and it just doesn't feel like it ever happened. This is what no, we're talking Hip Boy should not have been involved in this. Hip Boy doesn't have. He, for me, he doesn't have the catalog or the prestige to do a project like this. I mean, it, it, I don't, I don't know anything about that. You know, Hip Boy's brand is prestige. He's very prestige. But, but I would say every artist has strengths and weaknesses, right? The prestige is Hip Boy's benefit. He makes songs bigger, right? Bigger and more event feeling. But his his weakness is narcissism. Yes. His every song yep. Hip Boy has been a part of that he's had control of has been about being really cool like Hip Boy. Yeah. Right? Um, and to the point where he's like, I wish I didn't have to do these MCs. I wish it could just be me. Like, yep. uh, but that's that's his thing. And that just doesn't fit this at all. It's no, get this this what this needed at all. Uh, this was this movie is a real push and pull discussion of like like almost like the wire where it's like the connectivity from the institution to the to the you know snitches to the streets, right? Mm -hmm. and how those like how that plate tectonics works, you know? Right. Uh, it needed something that sounded like like the movement of that and first of all nobody that lives in warm weather should be on there period <laughs> but, but, yeah like i i have a theory that i can hear a warm weather mc and a and a cold weather mc they sound different a great that's, that's an excellent point i agree with you 100 percent. the way dom kennedy sounds and the way Rakim's sound are different. Yeah. It's just cold weather MCs. Yeah. It's a different vibe. I mean, as we said, we 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 both like Dom Kennedy, but there's no moment in the movie that ties to what the tone or what he's rapping about. And I don't want to pick on him. Push Icy, same, same issue. Yeah. Same issue. Warm weather. There's MCs, no, no there's no there's no moment of, I would say, like, unbridled joy where people can just kick their feet up and relax and like, yep. ah, you know, we overcame. There's none of that in this movie. No, no, no. 
burns and, down and you got to build it back yourself. Yeah. You know, and, and they said, right. I mean, the, the only celebration I can think of in the movie was, you know, after something happened to their headquarters and they rebuilt it, they had like a piece of cake and they had that brief moment where like, okay, you know, we can, you know, we were trying, they tried to destroy us, but we're we, we were able to rebuild and they were able to have that moment. And then after that, you know, everything just goes downhill. And I'm telling you, BJ, the Chicago kid could have run the emotional gamut of this. Yep. So well, that's, that's yep. my take. Um, I would absolutely do that. You, you put, so to combine our takes, you put no ideas, executive producer, yep. you, 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 you know, pitch the, the full BJ, the Chicago kid collaboration yeah. and you've got something special. Cause I mean, what I, now that I'm thinking about it, what this movie, what this soundtrack was missing, there was a level of sensuality in, in the movie. Yes. There was like the romantic relationship between Fred Hampton and, and his girlfriend. Yep. That, that was not captured in the soundtrack. And that should have been captured. That romantic, that black love should have been captured in this soundtrack and emphasized. Right. Think about the Superfly soundtrack of like <clears throat> how it was able to encompass the, you know, the dope running, the celebration of the successful dope running, the, you know, the death of your friend, the erotic bubble bath love making. Like he was able <laughs> to get it all. He was able to soundtrack it all and push it in any direction. I really feel like BJ could have done that. Yeah. Um, Anything else you have for this or want to want to say about this? No, I mean, we just, we need to, you know, in hip hop, I think artists need to be able to recognize big moments and important moments and realize that they need to step their game up to meet those moments. Because these moments are more than just hip hop. These are cultural moments. Like for me, just like back in, when did Black Panther come out? 2018? Mm -hmm. Back in 2018, the Black Panther soundtrack was an important moment for the whole year. Yep, yep. Which is why it was nominated. Not only was there a song that was nominated for an Oscar, but it was also nominated for Best Album for Grammy. Right. It was on Black Panther soundtrack. Kendrick steps on the soundtrack and says, I'm the fucking king. Yep. And he does it so well that everyone just said, yeah, okay, yeah. you know? And he recognized um, this, is, this is important and I need to rise to this moment because we, we may never have this opportunity. The cool part Again. about hip hop is that when someone rises to the occasion and says, I am king and sticks the landing, we go, yep. yeah, you are, go for it. <laughs> you know, like, Absolutely. It, you don't even hate anymore. Like, this nope. isn't, hating hip this isn't hating not uh, shaka king this isn't hating anybody this is me just saying that ain't it bro like yep. and it's what i said with burden of proof it's what i said with uh with you know i honestly i like the nas album probably the best of those three um mm -hmm. but he hasn't hit where he wants to hit yet and that's right. all i'm saying and, I, and i'll i'll know when you do Right? Absolutely. Like, when you get there, 
and we get to like the Hit Boy Project, I'll salute it. Just you like and me both, else. absolutely. But this isn't it. No, this isn't it. Uh, and there was a real lost opportunity here. Yeah. Uh, so a great, great cohesive album that I think you'd enjoy. My recommendation corner. Pink Planet mm. by Pink Sweat, dollar sign with the S. Okay. So Pink Dollar Sign what? Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Pink it's Pink Sweat with a dollar sign at the end, maybe? Okay. Uh, pink Pink Sweats? Is it the... Yeah, no, it's it's excellent. Uh, I think I think he had an EP last year or something. Yeah, his name sounds very familiar to me. Pink, yes, pink sweat, regular S at the beginning, but it's it's like pink sweats, and then there's the dollar sign at the end. Okay. So yeah, but look up Pink Planet. It's uh it's excellent. So yeah, it's uh I got so much going on. There's so much popping. Um, it's us pick kingpin has been retweeting us all day <laughs> for our review of his album it's so cool um, to have really great artists reaching out um, one of whom I decided on my thousand points of sound weekly review usually it's just kind of a random assortment of what I'm listening to Mm-hmm. For the second time, I'm going to do it focused on an artist. Mm. The first yeah. time it was the OJs. Uh, the second time it's going to be Illinois rapper Def C. Okay. Def C is a monster. Uh, like, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I can't wait to. I got five of his projects, and I'm going to talk talk about it, and it's going to be great. And he. He reached out, super, super cool. It was like, anytime we'll talk, we'll talk. And so putting that one in the back pocket as well. Because anything he puts out that's new, I got to check it out. So, um, if, but so yeah, anybody wants to get prepared. His last project was called Scenic, C-E-E-N-I-C-K. I think it's on Bandcamp, uh, but it's hard. Man. He, he's, he's excellent. So so much good stuff going subscribers stay with it stay with <laughs> it it's gonna get wild <laughs> wild and uh yeah everybody uh, you know friggin be kind to each other you know <laughs> read the article before you start talking you smack <laughs> <laughs>